everybody. New year, new you. I mean, new year, same old me. Welcome to the Pints and Pews podcast. I'm your co-host, Dennis. And I'm your other co-host, Robert. And we're just a couple guys talking the Catholic faith over a pint or two of our favorite beers. So why don't you pour yourself a pint, pull up a chair, and listen in for the next little while. As we take the faith seriously, but not necessarily ourselves. And as always, if you have want to take part in the conversation or have an idea for the podcast, leave us a comment or swing by our Facebook page and drop us a message. Dennis, buddy, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, that's right. I got an email yesterday. I, I don't know where it was from, but it says the holiday season is over. Take down all your Christmas decoration. Of course, I wanted to fire off an email saying, well, Christmas season is not yet over. Holiday season may be over. The Christmas season is not yet over. Right, Robert? Oh, yeah. And God bless my mom. I think it was on December 26th, she put a post up on Facebook. You know, Christmas is over so many more days until spring. <laughs> you know what? That's and... the last person. Your mother is the last person. How many times have I said Christmas is over to you in the last 10 years and you remind no, me? Your no. mother has been reminded every year that Christmas is not over to the Feast of the Epiphany. Correct? Yeah, let's let's just say I was faster than my shadow commenting on that one. Oh <laughs> we God, just started. That's so funny. Just started... I like... Th- you know, just a quick, uh, I like the Catholic uh, pint or two of her favorite beer because I think I've got like two pints, but we'll get to that. Hopefully oh. I don't consume both, but. I'm probably going to have to go through two today, but that's because they're more like half pints than, than full pints. Right? But yes, yeah, season four, Robert, excited. You've got some really good guests coming up. One really excellent guest coming up in January. Yeah, you know how cantankerous I get when you say in January that we're on season four. Season four, that's March, right. March, March, March. <laughs> Season four has begun. Season four, episode one. Not in March, but in January the 3rd. Yeah, and when you think back to it when we first began, the over-under for us to even make it to episode four, right? Like the, the odds were we weren't even going to make four episodes, let alone four seasons. I, Yet here we are, seasons. buddy. I know. And you know what the great thing is? Just occasionally you send me a little text or an email saying, occasionally? you know, really... Really enjoy your show, listen to it, and and you know what? That's enough to keep us going into season four, because that's really nice that, you know what, people do, you know, not many, you know, I'm not going to lie to our listeners and say there's thousands tuning in every couple weeks, but there are people who really enjoy when they, maybe they're walking their dog, like myself, listen, enjoy, enjoy listening to a podcast, and it's kind of nice that they're still tuning in after three years, three seasons considering that you, you don't even tune in to listen to us. Right? <laughs> and, and usually we put shout-outs at the end of the show, and I yeah. do have a few for the end. But now that you've mentioned that, I did want to make a shout-out right now, right this right. instant, uh, to friend of the show, Dan Sweatland, down in Fort Myers, Florida. Nice. Because uh, Dan was the one who sent that message just recently, saying, you know, really enjoy the podcast, helping myself and other gentlemen grow in faith. And, uh, you know, thanks, Dan, for for that. But I also have to say um, a couple of other things about our, our friend of the show, Dan, Dan in Fort Myers, is that uh, he was the one who uh, won our ball cap contest earlier on this year. Excellent. And then Dan was also the one that when I posted a picture of my old pints, pint pipe and cross t-shirt from mm-hmm. like years ago, he was like, where can I get one of those shirts? So Dan was kind of the the impetus. Uh, impetus, thank you, uh, mm-hmm. behind us getting our shirts out there. And Dan was one of the first to purchase the the pint pipe and cross shirt as well That's from the great. Pints and Pews. Uh, so a huge shout out to Dan for kind of you know, lighting that fire under us to get those shirts out there. That's great. Yeah. So Dan's the reason we're out a couple hundred bucks each, unless we start to move product very quickly. No joking. And all seriously, the shirts came out really well. Thanks to your sister and my brother, Robert. Another shout out. That I was going to say, now you're stealing all of my shout outs for the end of the but show. No, here, they're really good. The... White on blue. It it It's excellent design. And I, I really like the shirt. We've got all sorts of sizes too. So Yep, anybody who wants to get a hold of one of those shirts can be yeah. directed. You're sending them out. And uh, that was funny. You sent me a message, too, about the cost of shipping within Canada as opposed to shipping down the States. Yeah, like it will cost more to ship one kind of 100 kilometers or so down the road 
Uh, it costs more to send it there than it did down to Florida, which kind of I baffled my mind. And Dan Sweatland, what a, an apropos name, if I may use that word in mixed company here. Oh, down, down in Florida. Florida. I used to in go Fort through Myers, We went down yeah. to Florida one year in the summer. I was going through three shirts a day. Uh, yeah. I've been to Florida in the summer and it's not, it's not uh, cool, that's for sure. But no, that's great. Exactly. Yeah. Good for Dan. Yeah, the shirts came out really well and the caps are still available. So... What next for bear socks? Yeah, and t- talking about socks, yeah, I, I, I'm one who uh, tries to avoid socks as much as possible, but that's a, a whole other conversation. Oh, yeah. Good point. But still on the topic of the shirt, I had <laughs> my shirt on on Saturday. We had my family over for our Christmas festivities, and yeah, everybody was loving the shirt. They really nice. liked the, the color. Um, the one thing that they were commenting was how for some reason uh, when I put the shirt on, I mm-hmm. seem to be stretching that logo out a little bit more. Yes. And but just to note to our listeners, Robert was wearing the XXL shirt. The, the quad Correct. XL? Yeah. No, the 2XL. No. Large? Extra I got large. into a large. Oh, you went into Ex- an extra, extra large. large. Okay. But I, I'm saying that because yeah, we, we are coming out of the Christmas season. We have a few more days left of the Christmas mm-hmm. season. That's why I started right. off with Merry Christmas. Right. right. People look at me strange when I still say that out in public, but again, that's, I'm used to people looking at me strange anyways. Right. Uh, but I, I'm just saying that because, you know, I stepped on the scale this morning for the first time since December 22nd. And I have mm-hmm. to say the Lenten fast cannot come fast enough, my friend. Oh, maybe you're going to have to, uh, Start the Lenten fast a little earlier this year, maybe so. Right after Christmas, so. right after the Christmas season. Exactly. I know if I have another chocolate or sweet or, I think Paula's just made some Toblerone cookies upstairs. So I'll be right I'll try, over. I'll, <laughs> I'll try to stay away from those. But anyhow, we have a few things to talk about for the show, Robert. Yeah. Let's get the but, prayer out of the way because my beer. Well, is... I need to pour my beer first. Why don't you, while I open and pour, why don't you introduce your beer? Well, I'm going to introduce the beer that you got me. You got me a growler a couple of weeks ago, and you did say to me, better drink that within the first couple of days. Of course, I saved it right through Christmas. It's now two weeks old, but I'm going to drink it. I'm sure flatter it's Flatter than the Ooh, tire on the back of my bike. That's a fancy smanchy, uh gold leaf. How would you say that? The, the, the little wrapper at the top. The of little the, wrapper at the top with the cap. Yeah. So I put on today my, my Belgian. That's a great color beer. Beer, beer drinking t-shirt that my son got for me last year when he was in mm-hmm. Brussels. So because I have my, my Belgian beer drinking shirt on today, I thought I would go with uh, a Belgian beer. So Can I, I have see the, the label? The, oh, you would, you would recognize this right away. Yeah. Oh, yes. There's our, yes. Oh, I think the, I've got a left. The, the left blonde, which uh, was a, a gracious gift from my in-laws. So thank you very much to Vu and Vo for, for that. Nice. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to having one of these. Like I said before, uh, at the top, I might end up having two just because mm-hmm. technically at 330 milliliters, they're actually half an imperial pint. That's right. Well, actually a little bit more than, a little, little bit more, No. They're a little bit more than a half yeah. a metric pint, but the imperial right. pint is about 660. Oh, I didn't know it was that large. Yep. I thought it was about 600. And a, yeah. and a metric pint is 500, correct? Exactly. And you an American get, pint uh, is 473 or something bizarre like that. And they're getting small. And you say pints in some pubs, and I'm like, that's four hundred. That's about 400 mils. You don't get a pint for 660 mils anymore, do we? Uh, unfortunately, no. I think that's about no. 20 ounces, isn't it, Robert? And then 16 ounces is the 500 mil. Oh, now you're asking me to do math. Do, do the little conversion. Anyhow, yeah. we digress. Okay, and then, yeah, praying. so for you, you have a, a stout there from You've the got Lindsay. the growler from the Lindsay Brewing Company. A stout, it looks very much like Guinness. Yes, it does, Robert, so. Yeah, and I've been meaning to get a picture up. They've got a in the, the pie-eyed monk up there, a little brew pub restaurant that's with the Lindsay Brewing Company. They've would got you, this great call- picture of it. The Pie-Eyed Monk is the name of the restaurant. <laughs> and they've got this absolutely fantastic mural of a monk up on the brick wall. And I, ha- I have a picture of that as we were up there a month ago because we were there for, during the Feast of the Immaculate Conception. Right. And I've been meaning to get that picture up on Facebook. So um, maybe I'll do that today or later was today. Was the monk pie-eyed in the, in the mural or no? I probably was. Sober. But I probably was, but my son had just gotten his driver's license, so he was the one driving us home. Right. Oh, so, good. So it's all good. Monk. That's a classic name. Okay. So yeah, it's time for grace before beer. 
In the name of the in Father, and, Father of the Son, and of the Son, and of the Holy, and of the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Bless, O Lord, this creature beer, which thou hast deigned to produce from the fat of grain, that it may be a salutary remedy to the human race, and grant, through the invocation of thy holy name, that whoever shall drink it may gain health in body and peace in soul. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name in of the, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Cheers, Dennis. Cheers, Robert. Mm. How good is that? Oh, mm. Nice Still and good. crisp. And I always like the Trappist uh, ales because they're just that little bit more effervescent, a little bit more bubbly, like my oh, personality. The Trappists are the best, Robert. They beat those IPAs hands down. Buddy, new year, new you. I mean, new year, same old me. But well, uh, new I know year. You're, there's going to be a new dentist coming around this year because I've told well, him so. I'm telling you right now what I'm not doing for the new year is I'm not doing a dry January because dry January seemed to be all the rage. And if I'm doing anything where I'm going dry, it's going to be during Lent, Robert, like our first season, I believe. But yeah, it's time to turn over new leaves. Leaves, Robert, what, what's going on for yourself in terms of the new year i've been thinking about it i've been discerning this i kind of you know new year's is always that time where people trot out the new year's resolutions Hmm. Uh, like we said new year new me that we're going to be doing this and we're going to be doing that i alluded to it a little bit earlier like i said i got on the scale for the first time in a couple of weeks and that that lenten fast can't come fast enough Mm -hmm. um but a lot of that comes down to just making those personal choices, those personal decisions. And like I said, every year in that time between Christmas and New Year's, I do kind of start thinking about goal setting, thinking about resolutions, thinking about what changes I want to make. And this year, uh, for the Feast of uh, Mary, Mother of God, January 1st, which is a holy day of obligation up here in Canada, but I learned this year Thank it was you. not a it was not a it, holy day of obligation down. You know what? And I meant to text you on that, Robert, because I was reading La Doute that day, and I said, "Oh my, jumping! It's not a holy day of obligation." So it was still one in Canada, but not one in the states. I exactly. actually took a I took a screenshot of that, and I and reminded myself when next time I'm speaking to Robert, I got to. So why not in the States and why up here in Canada? Interesting. Yeah, that would be just something that you would need to ask the the conference of bishops of each nation, right? Next time I'm speaking Um, to them. That being said, even though we had a holy day of obligation and our American friends didn't, Mm -hmm. through the rest of the year, I think they've got four or five others where, like for us, that's it now until Christmas. That's it until Christmas. I know. They've got quite a few more than us, right? And I always think back to January 1st, too, and it is such a, a beautiful solemnity, Mary, Mother of God, which you know has everything to do about Christ, actually. It points towards Christ and Christ's divinity, that Mary, mm-hmm. as the mother of Jesus, the mother of Christ, is the mother of God. But I also like uh, going around and uh, wishing everybody a very happy it? happy feast of the circumcision <laughs> of our Lord. You've, you've done that to me before. You've sent me texts. I think it was last year or the year before. You can't do that to too many people, Robert. Come on, they would look not, at you. Not everybody's going to see the, heads. the, the yeah. humor in that. But no, I'm, no. I'm used to people looking at me like I have two heads. Quite Anyways. Funny. But this year I was at Sacred Heart Parish in Uxbridge, which is the next village over from where I am mm-hmm. here in Port Perry. A beautiful little church. Uh, it's a church that I got to know a little bit when I started my teaching career, because I started my teaching career at St. Joseph's Catholic Elementary School in Uxbridge, and we would have different events at the church. Uh, it's a round church. Mm-hmm. Like it, church it is, in the round. Yeah, it's not church in the round. I've seen that before too. It, once you're inside, it is set up like a traditional church with the sanctuary yeah. at one side, and and I think there's maybe seven or eight rows of pews going back. So it's it's very very small, mm-hmm. very very small. But it is a perfect circle. But at the homily for the feast of the circumcision of our Lord, no, for the feast of Mary, Mother of God. Uh, Father starts his homily with talking about Janus, the two-faced Roman god. And like right away, my eyes kind of got a little bit wider and Mm -hmm. my ears got a little bit sharper. Like, 
where is this guy going? Because it's not my my regular parish. So it's like, where is where is Father going with this? He's starting off his homily talking about Janus, the two faced Roman god, right? And he says Janus is two faced because he's always looking back, and he's always looking forward. And Father was saying that when we make our New Year's resolutions, when we come into the new year. We need to look back. We need to reflect on the year that has passed and see the blessings that were in it, but also see the times where we failed to live up to expectations, see the times where we fell short. And it's on reflecting on those times when we fell short Mm -hmm. that we need then to look forward at the changes we need to make for 2024, the changes we need to make for the new year. And I thought it was very profound, too, where he said that resolutions cannot simply just be wishes. You know, Mm -hmm. I hope to eat better. I wish to lose weight. Uh, I'm thinking about exercising more. He says that there, there needs to be a resolve. That's why it's a resolution. There needs to be resolve in that. So when you make your resolution... There needs to be a plan of action. There needs to be a a deep-seated desire to move forward, to make yourself a better person, to make yourself the person that God is calling you to be, right? Mm -hmm. And so I thought, yeah, that's that's excellent. I said, that's that's. I'm thinking, yeah, I need to reflect on. So that that evening, sitting at home. Mm-hmm. reflected on the year that was mm-hmm. at my own shortcomings and thinking about what I need to do moving forward. And I coupled this with a tweet that another friend of the show, William Hemsworth, uh, who has a great podcast out there, Know the Faith, Defend the Faith, but he had put a, a tweet out there. I don't know if we can still call them tweets, but he put it out there on the, the platform formerly known as Twitter. Mm-hmm. Right? When it comes to our New Year's resolutions, we need to pray reflect, adjust, and forgive. Mm. And I thought, how beautiful is that? I like that. Right. And, and so I'm going to throw this out to you, Dennis. Yeah. When when you're making your New Year's resolutions, when you're looking forward at 2024, are you reflecting back on 2023? It sounds like we should be having like a yearly, you know how we're asked to have a daily examination of conscience. It sounds like we should mm-hmm. have a yearly examination of conscience at the end of every year. Um, no, I don't think I do it as much as I should. Now, there's a number of things that we could do that we we almost always do. But I think it should contain, it's just the way you were reading off a few of those things and talking about them, Robert. It says confession should be a part of that. Spiritual 100%. reading. And um, certainly I like the forgiveness part of that. Aren't we, you know, we make all these, you know, New Year's resolutions, like you said, I got to lose weight and I got to, but we don't say, you know what, I got to make sure that my heart is in the right place and that those people I'm carrying grudges for or those people I'm not speaking to, maybe that's got to be first and foremost in our lives to kind of open up our hearts a little bit to those people to make that first step. Um, but 100%. maybe that's something that can be part and parcel of a New Year's resolution. And I don't even want to call it a New Year's resolution. I think it's something that maybe we're always thinking of doing. Why does it have to be the calendar year, that January 1st, Robert, where we say to ourselves, okay, this is it. Should Maybe it should be another time of the year. Maybe it should just be when we feel like we're called to change for the better. Yeah, and I hear you on that. And that's actually something I've been reflecting on i've been thinking mm-hmm. on as we approach tackling this subject as our our first subject for season number four or as mm-hmm. i'd like to call it season number three and a half right <laughs> 3.2 version now i've completely lost my my train no, you thought were, oh, okay as far as the arbitrary date like yeah yeah i i make a a silly comment and I completely lose my train of thought. I'm doing that a lot lately, but go on. You know, the train barely leaves the station as it is. Oh, geez. But Age. I'm catching up to you, buddy. I'm I catching know. up to you. Pretty soon you'll but pass that, me, but go on. That that notion of an arbitrary date. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, 
because I hear a lot of people say too, oh, I'm not going to make a New Year's resolution because I don't want to be tied to an arbitrary date Mm -hmm. of January 1st, which is all well and good. And like you're saying, why can't it just be any other day? But when you think about any time we want to make these changes, anytime we want to make these resolutions, that we have this desire to better ourselves, reflecting upon our past and wanting to adjust for the future, whether it's January 1st or Ash Wednesday, I mean, we can look at the arbitrary mm-hmm. date of the beginning of Lent. Why should I begin my my fasting arbitrarily on Ash Wednesday? Shouldn't I start that the week before or can't I start it the week after? Yeah, but the history beyond, you know, with Mardi Gras and, you know, giving up for Lent and the whole, the feasts of medieval times that they used to embark on and all the food and drink that used to take place before Ash Wednesday. But go on, I digress. But but, but I, I'm saying that, I mean, look at all the food and festivities that happened starting, Christ- yeah. you know, with Advent mm-hmm. and, then, mm-hmm. and then through Christmas, right? Mm-hmm. And so you can look at that. And again, coming back to that notion of wanting to make a change, I'm, What's the the ongoing joke? I'm going to start my diet tomorrow, or I'm going to start my diet Monday. Like these are just arbitrary days as well. Right, right, right. And so it's not necessarily the date. The date's an excuse. The date is a mm-hmm. reason, but it, that resolve has to come from ourselves. That mm-hmm. resolve, that plan, that desire to make changes has to come from ourselves. And I'm just gonna pick up on something you were talking about mm-hmm. a moment ago when we were talking about you know, part of our new year's resolutions needs to have that forgiveness. And you were talking about the forgiveness of others, looking back at the past year at those that maybe have hurt us or those that we came into conflict with and our need to forgive others. But I'll double down on that buddy. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'll say, you know, kind of who is the hardest person for us to forgive ourselves? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Right. And mm-hmm. so we need to look back on the times we fell short and we need to forgive ourselves for those yes, we times are as well. Our own worst critic sometimes, aren't we, Robert? Well, I'm your worst critic, but that's a whole other story as well. Right. <laughs> no, but you're right. And I'm thinking to myself, maybe January 1st, maybe it's not a bad time. Just, you know, it's a fresh year. 2024 seems like a good year. And that pleased God, the good Lord willing, I'll be joining you at the end of in about a half a year's time. Well, I wouldn't say joining you in retirement because I don't think of you as retired anymore, Robert. But yeah, but don't um, forget, I've got plans for your retirement as yeah, well. Right. But no, you're right. And I think that forgiveness has to be a big part of that. I don't think you can go and say, okay, I'm gonna resolve to drop all this weight or you know, not drink alcohol or or do this or shop less, but and you have this, you know, these hurts that you're still you know, that are still alive in your heart with other people in your life, right? That's the main thing that we have to forgive. No, oh, yeah, no, for sure. And there was another great thing that you mentioned in there as well was the need for confession, the need to get to the sacrament of confession. I mean, Advent, a penitential season is always a good time mm-hmm. to get there. Lent's coming up in a few short weeks, I think in a yeah. month and a half, like That's it's right. going to be here before we know it. Lent is always a time where we're called to confession, Mm -hmm. but really we need to be getting there on a more regular basis. Like let's, let's think about that. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I think the notion of getting to the sacraments more frequently, well, whether it's, it's confession, go ahead. Yeah, no, I I think that's a really good point. And just as you know, we're doing the RSA with a number of catechumens were bare just to kind of, how do you emphasize that point about confession being such a uh, an important part of you know becoming a catholic and how do you how do you get it across unless you actually experience that sacrament you can speak as much as you want about it but unless you're actually in the confessional which reminds me i've got a little mini I've confessional got- that i got for christmas that i have to show you with a little fake kneeler and stuff like that i'll bring it to the rcia it's very cute with a little confessional book along yeah, I was going to say, say. I've, I've, got, I've got a list for you. Yeah. But no, 100%. How can you describe how can you describe the beauty and the grace of any of the sacraments mm-hmm. until someone fully and completely experiences that as well, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's just something that you you can't fully understand the depth 
of God's forgiveness until you hear those words of absolution. Right. And you you really can't fully understand the depths of grace from the Eucharist until you sit there in silent adoration. Mm-hmm. But just again, that that note of confession, you know, I've heard it said some I forget who it was, but they said, you know, confession is like taking your car through the car wash. Right. And so when you take your car through the car wash, afterwards you're going to avoid all of the puddles. You're going to avoid all the the mud because you don't want your car to get dirty again. Mm-hmm. And so when you are going to confession regularly, you are going to be going out of your way to keep your soul in that state of grace. So you are going to avoid temptations. You are going to avoid those things that are going to tarnish your soul as well. Yeah, but eventually you're going to have to need that car wash again down the road, unfortunately, just as we are. Oh, exactly. Yeah, exactly. giving but it to sin. That kind of brings me to the, the last point with uh, our, our New Year's resolutions, our Catholic New Year's mm-hmm. resolutions, Dennis, that I wanted to, to make here was that you know, we need to keep our resolutions Christ-centered. Mm-hmm. And it comes back to something I heard last year at the beginning of Lent, where the person on the podcast I was listening to said, it's, you you need to think about it from the perspective of not what am I fasting from, but who am I fasting for? Hmm. Right. And so when we're making these new year's resolutions, it's not, what am I turning away from, but who am I turning towards? Hmm. That's a good point, Robert. Right. And so we need to, to keep Christ at the center of our resolutions and even when it is the notions of exercising more eating less Mm -hmm. taking care of our own physical health is looking after the image of god Mm -hmm. right we are made in the image and likeness of god and that's a good point too robert because it's easy to think about that stuff when we're at the beginning you know ash wednesday and going into lent and you know your goal is easter and you can see the 40 days and there's a reason behind it but as we're coming out of the easter season into ordinary time yeah it's easy to say well i'm gonna do it more on a secular basis but you're right as catholics we should be focused on the reason why we're doing these things 100 percent, 100 percent. and so just to kind of end off our section here on catholic new year's resolutions dennis i wanted to come back actually and we've been talking about confession is kind of the the final words of the mm-hmm. act of contrition right you know, I firmly resolve with the help of thy grace, right? And so I'm going to make these New Year's resolutions, but I'm going to resolve to do them, mm-hmm. reflecting back on the past year and mm-hmm. my shortcomings. I firmly resolve to make these amends and to better myself, but I know I can't do it without the help of God's grace. I can't do it alone. Absolutely. Now, Dennis, we were talking a little bit before we hit the record button. You, mm-hmm. You've got a couple of uh, saintly sayings here for us today. I do. I was supposed to. No, the problem with saintly sayings is you tell me it's saintly sayings times, which, as our listeners will uh, note, we do this every other episode when we don't have a guest. But the problem is I end up getting too many saintly sayings. Robert. Oh, for sure. For sure. You know, you look at these, and I, I think I, I wanted to mention one that I think you had mentioned um, and I think it was from, but I'm not going to, I think you had mentioned this before, so I'm not going to include this as one of mine, but I'm just going to say it to you to be tempted. Cause we talked about as Catholics, we're certainly as Christians, we're all tempted to be tempted is a sign that the soul is very pleasing to the Lord. That's St. Patrick Peel. I think you'd mentioned that one before. So I didn't I mentioned something story. similar to Thank that. You. It was, it, it, it was something similar to that. It wasn't okay. St. Padre Peel. And yeah, it was something along those lines. Right, if you can say that one again for us. Yep. So I, that's not going to be one of my. To be tempted is a sign that the soul is very pleasing to the Lord. You had mentioned something about temptation. Cause we spoke about that. You tempted it so hard and stuff. And then you're thinking, and then I'm thinking to myself, well, that's not a bad thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, exactly. I think the one I brought up was something along the lines of, we know we're in a state of grace when the devil's attacking and that's just to paraphrase what i said that's right but it's so very similar to to that what padre pio what saint saint padre pio was saying right 
is that when we're being tempted, when the devil is attacking us, because he is going to go after us, right? You know, where he knows we'll be tempted, it's when we're most pleasing to God. Yep, pleasing to the Lord. So that I'm not going to use that one, but you go ahead for your first one because I'm not that we haven't already talked about it. Yeah, and (laughs) as you were saying, as we were starting this segment, the the problem with saintly sayings is, is you find one. Mm-hmm. And then from that one leads you to another, leads mm-hmm. you to another saint, leads you to another saint. And I, I could have 10, 12, 100 here. I, I know. And can, you know, you want to talk about being profound and so simple at the same time. That's what I find a lot of these sayings are. But yeah, when people well, talk about us, they just talk about the simple. There's nothing. I thought you were going to say talk about the profound. Well, well maybe on. on my end of the microphone here, but that's. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. Present company excluded. But uh, when I, I was selecting my, my saintly sayings uh, today here, Dennis, I wanted to try to keep it. And it's maybe that's one of my New Year's resolutions is to keep the saintly sayings tied into the theme that we're talking about on that particular episode. Yes. And so when I was looking at my saintly sayings today, uh, I went to that great catechism known as Google. Google and I just yes. put in. You know, Catholic saints, New Year's resolutions quotes or something, something like this. Oh, what a brilliant idea. Why didn't I think of that? Yeah. Well, that's why I'm. That's why you're higher paid in this job than myself. Uh, And actually, there's all kinds of. You get an extra t-shirt this month. Go on. Oh, I I get an extra t-shirt. By the way, those pint, pipe and cross t-shirts can be found at catholicmoment.ca. Still 20% off until the epiphany. And the quote for that, Dennis, is? Uh, God is great. No, it was Dennis is great or Dennis Advent 2023. <laughs> but anyways, here we, we, <laughs> we digress. digress again. We'll, we'll mention our episodes that the are always so long is because you just go down all these rabbit holes. Rabbit holes, yes. So tying it into Catholic New Year's resolutions, uh, I found this quote from St. Augustine. You aspire to great things. Begin with little ones. And so that first line is actually a question. Mm. So I don't know if I intoned it to, to correctly. You inspire to great things, mm-hmm. begin with little ones. Mm-hmm. Right. And as yeah. we look at our New Year's resolutions, and a lot of times our New Year's resolutions fail because we are aspiring to great things, but we're starting off with the great thing in and of itself yes yes these grandiose ideas and we got to just keep yeah. it simple keep kind, it basic kind of like my my new year's resolution is mm-hmm. to run a marathon i'm going to go out and do that on january 2nd yeah exactly right. i'm going to run a marathon right away and so kind of coming back to what we've been talking about with the new year's resolutions and, and making these changes and i saw somewhere i think it was in one of the articles i sent you was you know using these what they call smart goals and it's something that's attainable so when we reflect back on on our lives and we're making these resolutions for the new year mm-hmm. think of something that's attainable mm-hmm. yes in your own life just something very simple just with friends family not something that you know i have to drop 50 pounds within the first month of the new year it's probably not going to happen no so maybe look at you, dropping but... that one or two pounds you know, right in the first week kind of thing. That's all. Exactly. Baby steps, right? Or if it comes to to prayer life, because the, the more I look at it, that's for myself, one area where I do want to grow this year is in mm-hmm. prayer life. Well, I'm not going to set out to be praying the liturgy of the hours completely each mm-hmm. and every day, like a Benedictine monk. Right, right. So not, I'm not going to be getting up at three in the morning to pray vigils. Right. You know what? That's a really good quote, Robert, and it's something very similar to, I don't know if it was Mother Teresa or it was a saint, maybe a 1500s who borrowed Dominic Savio, I want to say, too. Uh, You know, don't try to do great things, do small things with great love or some some kind of aspect of that. And that's very similar, you know? Yeah, and I think you're pulling a bunch of different ones together. But yeah, there's so many that are very similar to that. And again, just that you know, we aspire to great things. And yes, mm-hmm. we should aspire. We need to aspire for yes. great things. Right. I always say if you're not aiming for sainthood, your you sights are set too sainthood. low. Right, right. Right. We have to be aiming for sainthood. But it's going to take little steps to get there. We need to begin with with the little things. Right. Right. And then yeah. from that quote, I found an, mm-hmm. another one from St. John Paul the Great. 
right? One of, the, I think he's the only saint I've ever been in the presence of. Mm. And again, so far away, myself and point. A, a million other people. Right. Right. Um, we both seen him at mass. You, you obviously being much younger than myself, much later saw him at mass than I did, but go on. Exactly. But uh, I, I like this quote and it comes back to what we were just talking about as far as arbitrary dates and, you know, picking mm -hmm. whether it's January 1st or Ash Wednesday or this coming Monday or even tomorrow, right? St. John Paul II reminds us the future starts today, mm. not tomorrow. I think I had seen that somewhere when I was searching quotes and saints and stuff like that. Absolutely. Don't put it off. Procrastination. That's what I'm going to work on. Procrastination. Yeah, it's something we I think we all need to work right? on because, yeah. you know, we could all so easily get sucked into the sofa we could all so easily you know just open up another beer and get sucked into into the phone yeah oh that that's yeah. huge uh i've found over the christmas break you know very blessed to have been able to take some time off i find mm -hmm. i have to put my phone in another room mm -hmm. and then mm -hmm. i'm able to get all kinds of, of great spiritual reading done right but although the you phone's get... sitting beside me right done. But then, Robert, you can get some great spiritual reading done on the phone as well, which is not to, you know, totally throw away the phone. But yeah, you're right. You, you, you could, but the right. temptation to go down the rabbit hole of yeah. social media is, is there. Is right? there, yeah. And and so, like, all of these things. So, like we said, all these saint quotes just kind of pull themselves together. Mm -hmm. uh, a much better rabbit hole to go down the saint quotes than the social media but it's uh, it, it's also good. So yeah, the future starts today, not tomorrow, and, mm. and we need to do that by beginning with little things, mm -hmm. so that we can aspire to greatness. Which just brings me to one final quote: as we were talking about getting sucked in in the comfort of our phones and the sofa, mm -hmm. Benedict the Sixteenth, who passed away just a little over a year ago, That's was a right, year yeah. ago at this time. We were talking about your trip to Belgium and Benedict mm -hmm. the Sixteenth. Yeah. One of my favorite quotes from him: "You were not made for comfort." You were made for greatness. I was going to, yeah, that was one of the quotes that I'd come across. That's great too, isn't it? Yeah. It's, and that's a, that's an excellent quote in 2024, Robert, when, especially in the North America and the West, we are surrounded by comfort and that's, and it could be, it's so easy just to get, you know, comfortable with the comforts, if I can use that, those words and realize 100%. that we're, 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 we're to aspire for so much more, like you said, sainthood, right? Oh, for sure. And so, again, you can just see this the circle where all mm -hmm. these these quotes are going. So, you mentioned your your quote from St. Padre Pio off the top, but you said that's not the one you wanted to bring to the table today. No. So, what's the quote you have for us today, sir? I got a few, but I can't decide, Robert. So, I'm going to go with a couple. I, was, I went with three or four. So, you okay. go, go crazy. Why don't we start with uh, St. Ignatius of Antioch? I wish, and this is something that I, I think we as co-hosts of the Pints and Pews podcast could very much get caught up in and realize it's not enough. I wish not merely to be called Christian, but also to be Christian. How many times do we label ourselves Christians or Catholics throughout the world, us, other people, but really maybe our actions kind of fall short a little bit sometimes, you know, with other people. So I wish yeah. not merely to be called Christian, but also to be Christian. Yeah, I saw that too as I was looking Did for you, a quote. Yeah. yeah. And I how great is that? And that reminds me um another similar quote. It was actually Mahatma Gandhi. Mm. Right. Right. And it was something along the lines, and I'm gonna paraphrase here, but you know, along the lines of that, you know, to be a Christian would be wonderful, but I haven't found one yet. <laughs> I like that. Isn't that the problem? Well, that actually ends dovetails nicely into my second and well, final I, quote. Okay, final before, quote be, before you get yep. there, though, um, it's just reminding me. I was listening to to a podcast, and I was listening to a couple over the last couple of days, and I'm pretty sure it was Bishop Athanasius Snyder on our friend Keith Little's podcast, The Cordial Catholic, was talking about uh, how. You know, we're not called to be like 
a saint. Actually, no, it wasn't. It wasn't Bishop Athanasius Snyder. So I'm getting confused. It was uh, okay. um, the podcast that's put out by the Daughters of Saint Paul. And again, I forget the title oh, of the, the okay. podcast because I just came across it today. I'll have to listen to that one. That sounds. Right. I'll have to to figure you it out. You don't run into this. too many Athanasius nowadays. Just before you begin, but no, but the 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 title of the podcast from the Daughters of Saint mm-hmm. Paul. I just have to look it up because I, I literally came across it this afternoon. Right. Dare to dwell. Dare to dare dwell. To dwell. To write that down. And, and that's you know allowing having daring the Lord to dwell in us. So having the daring to allow. God to dwell in us, but also daring to dwell in the presence of the Lord. But they were talking about how we're not called to be another saint. So we're not called to be another Saint Dennis. We're not called to be another Saint Robert. We're not called to be another Saint Francis or Saint Benedict or Saint whoever, right? We're called to be Christian. We're called to imitate Christ. And we're called to to be like Christ in the way that he has called us to be. Mm-hmm. So he's called us to be that that individual within him. Each and unique, doing it a separate, different way, but each doing that, what his, his doing what he asks us to do, right? Yeah, that's a good point, Robert. Uh, no, We're trying to imitate often other people, but really we've just got to do it our own way. And each, each way is going to be completely different from the other. Yeah, and so that, come, again, comes back to your quote from St. Ignatius of Antioch, which is, you can remind right? us again, Dennis? Yeah. I wish not merely to be called Christian, but also to be Christian. Right. And so we're each called in a unique way to imitate Christ. We're each Christ. called in a u- unique way to live out the Christian ideals. Ideal. Yeah. Right. And so that's Excellent. that's absolutely beautiful. And again, back to that notion of keeping our, our New Year's resolutions, our Catholic New Year's resolutions, Christ-centered. Right. right. Absolutely. And speaking of, since you've mentioned saints so much, I'll end up with my final one from one of your favorite saints, Robert, St. John Vianney. Mm. Why don't you say that in a nice way, French way? It sounds so much better when you say it. St. Jean-Marie Vianney. Uh-huh. En effet, c'est Jean-Baptiste Marie Vianney. Right. Very short, too. The saints did not all begin well, but they ended well. And that's something what you had just spoken about previously. You aspire to be saints, but don't worry. Well, I've lived such a poor life or I'm in such a mess or the saints did not all begin well, but they ended well. That's reminding me of one of my favorite quotes from my my own mother, who we spoke about earlier as well. Excellent. Every time that I bring up the faith, every time I I talk about living a saintly life, Mm -hmm. my mom will look to me and she says, I know where you come from. Right. Basically wanting to throw Mm. my own sinful past in my face. Right. Like, don't be too good. Don't get too big for your britches. I know where you come from. Mm -hmm. To which I I always answer, but you know what? Go ahead and I'll give my answer. Yeah, no, but you could see that in in maybe, okay, don't get too big for you. But she's also reminding you that little bit of dose of humility, which is kind of nice in, in a motherly way to say, hey. I remember, but I, I see oh, your it's point. Not, it, can... It's not done to give a dose of humility. Oh, I can okay, tell you okay. that the way it, the way it's presented, right. it's giving you. I know where you come from, meaning don't think that you're more saintly, or don't think. And again, that that comes. Yeah, we need to have that little bit of humility. And I do know where I come from, and I do look back on my past shamefacedly. But it's, right. I always remind her, it's not about where we come from. It's about where we're going to. Where we're going to. Absolutely. Right. Um, I believe it was St. Augustine as well who said, you know, every saint has a past, but every sinner has a future. Yes. Yes. And that's so important too, Robert, because we could get caught up in that and say, well, you know what? What's the point? I mean, I've lived such a sordid past. There's no hope and, and you know, and Christ wouldn't want me. That's what Satan wants us to Absolute, think. 100%. He, he wants us to get mired in self-pity. He wants us to get mired in, in a self-loathing. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. And that's good. And we have to remember that, though. All this, Many of the saints were like that, Robert. They had sordid pasts. They had difficulties. They had trials and tribulations. And yet they persevered because of Christ. They had their eye on the prize, so to speak. And now that's why we venerate them to this day oh for sure for sure and i've got this great little book that sits on my my bookshelf i haven't picked it up in a little while but anyone who does struggle with their own past i would encourage you to find this book Uh, the title is saints behaving badly 
<laughs> and it goes through a lot of the saints and it, and it looks at their history. It looks at their, their past and says, you know, like, take a look. These people did all of these things and yet they were still called by God. They were still called to become saints. They were still called to give the message. And in this book, Saints Behaving Badly, uh, it starts off with, for example, St. Paul, who was a murderer. St. Paul was hunting down and killing Christians. There was a, another saint out of Egypt, out, out of Alexandria in Egypt, who was a prostitute. I mean, look at Mary Magdalene. St. Mary yeah. Magdalene was a prostitute, mm-hmm. right? St. Peter denied Christ. St. Augustine, who we've mentioned a few times Augustine, now, was, yes. was a, a womanizer. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah, and no. so again, we we can't become mired in our past. We need to, like you said, keep our eyes on the prize. Yeah, looking forward to sainthood. So, can bring us back to that quote just before we finish up but this segment. Just before I do, just isn't that the beauty of the church, though? The fact that all these people maybe didn't have the the greatest upbringings or maybe the greatest lives until they realized that there was more to what they were doing in life, and they and then they got on the right track, so to speak. That's what keeps um, the church human. That's yeah. what, uh, you know, that's what makes things attainable that something you know, that allows us then to resolve to do better because again, with the help of God's grace and with the fellowship of the communion of saints, we can get there. Right. And we can get there with our fellow brothers and sisters. I'm just doing the RCIA program, Robert, that you got me into a few months ago. So inspiring. These people coming into the church, if that doesn't inspire one as a Catholic, nothing will. Exactly. The saints did not all begin well, but they ended well. Yeah. And like I say, thanks be to God, because we now have these guideposts. We now have these beacons to allow us to become Christ-like. In our own way. And again, which comes back to your your first quote about not just saying that we're Christian, but being Christian. Yes. Yeah. And that's hard too, Robert, because everybody wants to be called a Christian and a Catholic, but are you living up to it? You know, are we putting our money where our mouth is when people, you know, who need our help or are willing to help? And it's tough. It's a tough, it's a tough world, isn't it? It's tough. To... I was just gonna say, unfortunately, no, we're not living up to it. But mm-hmm. again, thanks be to God for the grace of the sacrament of confession. Absolutely. And thanks be to God for the church, which gives us that community, which gives us, you know, we see people on a regular basis at mass and through the various programs that the church runs who are living that life that can be that model for us, at least for me. Well, for sure, for sure. So, Dennis, now we're at that time in the podcast where it's time for What in the Church is That? And now it's time for What in the Church is That? Where Dennis tries to stump Robert. Hmm. Before you mm-hmm. get into what in the church is that, you got to tell me, have you listened to any of the episodes so you can hear the music at this point in the game? Mm, no, I haven't. But let me just tell the listeners very quickly. I, I Before we begin this episode, I do not give Robert any hints. I don't say you can find this particular item in the narthex, or you can find this particular item in the sacristy, or you can find this particular item in the apps. I know there's one particular item I can never find in the oh. church, and that's your collection envelope. <laughs> Speaking of. Um, I thought that so, was hilarious the other day. You came by the office just before Christmas, and it was the, the day that the bookkeeper was there, and she's the one who enters all yeah, of that the, was very, the amounts I for was the so envelopes. Sad when I left that office at the time, when you tell the listeners? And, and so I asked, I introduced you to the bookkeeper, and I said, oh, this is, you know. Dennis and I gave your last. This is no, this is Dennis Kivlahan. Um, do you know the name? She's like, no, I've never heard of him. Yet she's <laughs> the one that looks at the envelopes every week, right? Twenty five years in the same church. Nope, doesn't ring a bell. Not, not one single envelope. Yeah, <laughs> it's time to up the ante. Just don't tell Paula. But it's time That's to up the, the ante. Oh, of, of course, because you know, it's time for the lay pastoral associate to get a bit of a raise. So you you got to to throw oh, a little right, bit more yeah. in there. Listen, uh, just before we begin, um, what percentage of alcohol is the uh, pint that I'm drinking as I go into the next one? I, I, I have no clue. Growler. 
Oh, okay. I have, as a stout, it's probably somewhere in the four to five range. Four to five range, yeah. Right, not like my left blonde, which is clocking in at 6.6. Ooh. At least it's like 6.66. I, I still have a couple of beers from Matthew. Um, no, actually, I have the one for Matthew, which I will definitely use. I'm saving that, I think, for our special guest in late January, mm-hmm. the one he brought mm-hmm. back from Belgium. But I do have some Belgian beers that I picked up at the LCBO, and they're all 9 and 10. So they kind of. Well, like... that was my son, Michael. He decided mm-hmm. on we're having our Christmas festivities. He was going to nice. have, because I gave him, because he's 19 now, he's right. legally able to drink here in Ontario. So for mm-hmm. Christmas this year, he got a taster pack of, of Belgian Abbey beers. And so, of course, because he wasn't driving anywhere at Christmas when we we're having mm-hmm. the family get together, he cracks open the 10.5%. Oh, yeah. And then wonders why his stomach's not feeling well. Now, just quickly before... We get into the uh, what in the church is that? Um, was that common? I know when I was on, obviously just in Belgium twice for bear, but you lived there for a little while. Ten percent would have been, you know, that's not on that's on the normal. upper end of things. It is on the year. upper end. Okay, yeah. So yeah, you're, five you're or six look, would have been six to eight. Oh, okay, okay. And especially for the Abbey beers, the Abbey beers you're looking at six to eight, but they're not beers that are meant to put down five, six, seven beers mm-hmm. in one sitting. Like they're right. they're a sipping beer. It's a beer. beer that's meant to last you a couple of hours. Right. right? Yeah, absolutely. It, it, it's not your nightclub for the young millennials kind of beer. Yeah, like you back in the day. Exactly. As my mother says, she knows where I'm coming from. Yes. And it's not about where I'm coming from. It's about where I'm going to. Going, yeah. But I do like that. I mums, Only mums can do that. You know, oh, if you got that sure. from anybody else... It'd be like, no, you're okay, mom. Yeah, you've been around long enough. You know me inside and out. Okay, that's okay. And I'm sure it's from, from the. It's from it's from a good place. Yeah, yeah, it's from a good place. Okay, Robert, I'm sure we mentioned this. Now we didn't. I didn't actually ever give you this one, but we were mentioning some things in and around the particular. I mentioned place a lot of things. Talking about, I don't even want to say the word because. Oh, so it's a place probably, in the church. Okay. Yes. 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 So, and I think you've mentioned it before, but um, uh, you, I never gave this as one of the words, but I'm sure you're familiar with it. I don't know. Again, I don't want to say too much. Let me just read the word. And just give us the word me. because yeah. you're, you're starting to dig yourself a hole yeah, there, my friend. Yeah, exactly. And the next thing you know, you're going to be saying, well, you gave me three hints. What in the church is the sacrarium? Sacrarium? Sacrarium. S-A-C. R-A-R-I-U-M. And it's a place in the church. It's a, it's found within the sacristy. And that's all I can say. You have oh, mentioned so it's it. A, so it's, a, it's an object that's found within the sacristy. Correct. I don't and know if I like so, the term object so much, but yeah. It's, it's you can a, find it within part of the... Would we I don't say want it's to kind say of part like a, of the furniture, but part of the well, that's what I was just going to say. It's like it's it's a functional piece of furniture. It's a it's a functional piece of mm. something within the. I, the well, sacristy. I'm going to give you another. That that's why because I you know this for sure. I'm going to give you another hint because I'm I'm wondering if it has another name. But I, I was going to say I think I know it under another name. Yes, and it's only found in some churches. More modern churches, probably not. Unfortunately, older, ch- old, older churches most likely. And I think when we did a tour of the church and when we were in the sacristy, yes. I pointedly you, you asked Father asked Kevin Father asked. Kevin about this. And I don't remember if it was the same name, so I don't know where I'm getting this from. It was not the same name. I would use Thank the you. name Piscina. Thank you. Right? Sacrarium the, or Piscina. And Robert, why don't you tell our listeners what this is? So that's a special sink that should be in the sac- sacristy. Yes, for the washing of the sacred vessels. So it's a special sink to wash aftermath the chalice and the saboria uh but the drain itself doesn't go out to the sewer the drain itself will go out to a pipe and then into gravel and basically just into the ground because when you're washing the saboria even though father has purified the saboria and father has purified the chalice at mass there could still be residue of the sacred blood there still could be particles of uh, the Eucharist in the Saboria, 
And those can't just go out into the sewer because every little particle, even the smallest particle of the Eucharist, is fully and completely the body, blood, soul, and the divinity of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we're not going to send Jesus out into the sewer, mm -hmm. right? And so anything that's washed that could possibly have any part of the Eucharist in it, the water from that is just supposed to go out into nature. And so that's why you'll see sometimes, um, for example, the, the little hand bowl that Father uses to wash his hands, especially after communion. If you stay around long enough, you will see the sacristan who's cleaning up after Mass just dump that water into the flowers that are in the sanctuary. Because that water is then to, to be taken up by the, the flowers that are there. Or they'll take it out back and throw it on the grass. Right, and so the the piscina or the word that you used for it, sacrarium. Right, the drain from that basically just kind of goes out into the ground, and again, up here in Canada, it will be designed in a way that it doesn't freeze and back up into the sacristy. One hundred percent right, Robert. The sacrarium. You have probably only seen this one if you step foot into the sacristy. There's a sink that has a drain specially built to go straight into the ground, as opposed to connected with the rest of the church's plumbing. The name of this drain is the sacrarium. It ensures that any microscopic pieces of the Eucharist left on the saboria or other objects are taken care of properly. So you pretty well covered that whole explanation as well, Robert. And, and as you're Excellent. saying that, I'm thinking about that. Could you imagine the drain went into the rest of the church's plumbing so that, you know, these microscopic pieces of our Lord ended up in the same pipe that's coming out of the toilet at the back of the church. Mm -hmm. So let me ask you this question then before no. we wrap up, because we are running short on time. Why do some churches, is it older churches that have them or? It would be older churches that have them. Because Why didn't they continue to? build the sacrarium or the sacrarii, I suppose the plural would be, in more modern churches? That's a very good question that I really don't have the answer to. Maybe we could bring it up with our special guest at the end of January, but go on. And I don't know if he would even know yeah. why that would be the case. Um, my best guess as to why they're not in more modern churches is that quite possibly the architects for more modern churches weren't necessarily Catholics, and they wouldn't know. But that mm -hmm. being said, any of the architectural plans, having been a part of a parish community that built a church, any of the architectural plans actually do have to go through the archdiocese, right, or do have right. to go through the diocese. So you would think that there would be somebody in the office yep. that would say, this needs to happen. 100%. Yep. The same way you would think that there would be someone in the diocese or the archdiocese who would say, no, the tabernacle needs to be front and center in mm -hmm. the sanctuary and not off to the side or in a side closet, which kind of happened through the 70s and 80s and into the 90s. That's a whole other episode, and I don't want to go down that digression. Here we go. There's another episode in season four, I remind you, which begins in January of uh, 2024. Whoa, that, uh, that stout you got me was really good from the Lindsay Brewing Company. Excellent. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I had it as part of a flight of beers there. Thoroughly mm. enjoyed it. They only had it in the growlers, and they said that you, know, you needed to drink it in the next couple of weeks. If I'd known it would last as long as yours lasted, I would have gotten myself a growler as mm -hmm. well. I'd say you've had a few flights in your day, Robert. But anyhow, I'm ready for takeoff, buddy. Ready of, for takeoff. Flights of fancy. But anyhow. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I've enjoyed um, my left. I'm actually into the, the second of my, my left blonde. Because, Which is not really a full pint. You're in. You're actually at about a pint right now. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Any shout outs today, buddy? I mean, we gave a couple oh. of shout outs at the beginning of the episode, but do you have any shout outs uh, for us here today? I just want, you know what? I've given shout outs all. I want to give a shout out to our listeners. Robert, I, I I just I was thinking about that when you gave me that little text from a listener. I think and, every other month you give a shout out to our listeners, but do no, I keep, really? Keep, yeah. um, I don't. No, I'm I just think it's kind of cool that I, I I you know I certainly listen to a lot of podcasts, Catholic podcasts, This American Life, 
I, I listen to those on a regular basis when I walk Bixby and you, you kind of get attached to certain podcasts. And just to think that some listeners out there, you know, a small amount are really looking forward to our show coming out and dropping, as they say, um, I'm very, I, I wouldn't you know, say I, looking I'm forward, humbled by that. And, um, hopefully we can keep them listening into 2024 and beyond. And and you're saying that makes me think, and we're going to be going through our little closing sequence in, in a little bit. Um, but one of the things I say at the end of each episode, you know, about as far as dropping a, a, a line, mm-hmm. I always say, we enjoy hearing from our listeners. And just to kind of pick up on what yep. you're saying, to get that point across to the listeners, not to say that you everybody needs to email us today or that everybody needs to drop us a line, but it does actually make a difference because we put these episodes out there and a lot of times I say we're doing it for ourselves as well, mm-hmm. but we don't know. Is there anybody really listening? Is there anybody taking it in? So mm-hmm. yeah, no, uh, again, yeah. Shout out to our listeners. Shout out to those who do reach out because it does help us keep going spiritually. Right. And, and the, of course the second shout out, and you're probably going to mention that as well with yourself is the fact that uh we were able blessed to have uh christmas with the whole family he and my son came back from belgium we spent bel in christmas in belgium last year so we had all of my wife and matthew Kier and kate all spending christmas together which is always nice when you can spend christmas with your whole family and, and I, I sincerely got... hope mrs coop was there with you as well and mrs coop as well was here certainly christmas eve with uh, paula's sister and family so yeah that was nice as well yeah. talking and about you've got a couple our, of our greatest listeners yes okay. who falls asleep occasionally to us but not as much as she once did yeah so a couple of my my shout outs we mentioned right off the top so mm-hmm. you know dan who was the impetus for behind the shirts and, and picking that up and mm-hmm. his text message that he sent so that what you were just referring to as well uh, we talked about my sister Michelle, your brother Pat, and all of the work that they did to to bring those shirts about. You're talking about your family makes me think about, you know, a quick shout out to my in-laws, Tony and Fernanda, for you know, yes, taking us in for your a big few days. London Christmas celebration, which you always send me a pic, which is yeah. a lot of food. No wonder you're 50 pounds overweight, did you say, since last year? No. Yeah, well, I saw the picture of your table too, buddy, so you're not that far behind, right? <laughs> I got to send you a picture of my waistline, but go on. I, you need to put on the fishbowl lens for if you want to see a picture of your waistline, but that's... Oh, jeez. Okay. <laughs> I'm telling you. Oh, I, I, I feel your pain. I feel your pain. I wanted to give a shout out to our priests as well this year, who were kind of pulling mm. double duty. Like That was a lot having... Sunday is the fourth Sunday of Advent, followed directly the next day by Christmas. So having to do a full slate of Sunday Masses as far as vigil and Sunday morning, and then having to do a full slate of Masses with the the Christmas vigil or Christmas Eve Masses Mm -hmm. up to and including Midnight Mass, and then being out there again the next morning for a full slate of Christmas morning Masses. And then the week later, doing that again, a full slate of Sunday Masses, mm-hmm. followed by a full slate of Masses for Mary, the Mother of God. Right. I can't speak to New Year's Day, Mary, Mother, the Mother of God, and the previous Sunday, but the Sunday of Easter and, uh, sorry, the Sunday of Christmas and well, you're 10 Masses. You're Easter, wow. 10, 10 Masses in about 30 hours, I think. That's a lot. Now, I know, obviously, there's two priests here. It's a little bit different for you up in Port Perry because there's only one priest, but 10 masses at that time with everything going on. It's inc- it's incredible, Robert. They must have yeah. just... And God bless Father Chris. Yes. Because Father Chris also had the, the pre-dawn mass novena where for nine days up to and including Christmas Eve, he was offering mass. It was at 5.30 in the morning. 5.30 in the morning for... And, and daily, you told me the daily. turnout was good and there was a little reception breakfast afterwards. Not that yours truly was up at 5. I was going to say, were you just sneaking in for breakfast? Or? But just a quick shout out on the shirts and stuff like that. And a little shout out to you too, Robert, because um, the design obviously was your sister's and and my my brother did the shirts, was able to get the shirts out. But you, you kind of helped her with the design and you picked the actual excellent quote from G.K. Chesterton right across one's chest. And then the nice little nape of the neck at the back of the shirt for the... Uh, a pints and pews and a catholic podcast below that so the design is excellent maybe we should get like a real model to model them because if you and i are wearing them nobody's going to want to buy them correct 
all correct on that, but that's all. But then the nape of the neck and having the pints and pews, a Catholic podcast, that was your idea to, to throw that on there. Yeah, but I you, I wrote it in the thing. chest. I really like it at the back there. It looks really good too. So um, we just need to hire a couple of professional models to wear those. Actually, we probably just be men. Cause I don't, I, I, I suppose women could wear the shirts, but they're kind of men designed or they not, or they're unisex t-shirts. Unisex, yeah. So I don't well, well I'm telling you, we'll I'm going to get, that is my goal for 2024 as we wrap up. I will be getting into a medium t-shirt by the end of the year. I'm in a large right now and I will be squeezing into a medium. Maybe uh, challenge accepted. Like that, There's the challenge. Which one of us gets into a medium first? That's, well, <laughs> well wait a sec, wait a sec. You're coming You've from got a head start. Large, so you're getting into a large and I'm getting into a medium. We'll see. We'll see where we yeah. go with that. We'll let's let's not put any money on that one. But anyway. yeah, and thinking about the T-shirts and some of our listeners. So one one final shout out is to my mm-hmm. son Michael and his yes. buddies. Um, his buddies have bought a couple of the hats. Michael's bought one of the shirts for for his buddies. But a shout out to Michael and his buddies. I got a text message. Not mm-hmm. that I was awake for it. About one or two o'clock in the morning, January first. So it was somewhere New Year's Eve into the early hours of new year's right. morning i get this text message with a picture where my son michael and his buddies are actually listening into the pines and pews podcast and i have to tell you my friend they were none too pleased that we were not having a beer in our year-end episode oh oh was that okay so was that the text you one first of all we got to say michael God bless you for listening on New Year's Eve. You got to I mean, get a better New Year's Eve. Going into 2025, you have to get a better New Year's Eve. You and your buddies. <laughs> they need a better party podcast. listening to the Pints and Pews. Yeah. Yeah. So we should say that. Yeah. I thought that was from, I didn't realize that was from Michael, but no, I think I'm going to stick. I'm I'm sticking to the old eggnog, rum and eggnog for uh, the Christmas edition. Please God, we're doing this in a year's time. But isn't that funny that he was listening to that with his friends? That's great. Yeah, That's what so, we need to do. Encourage the new generation to listen to Pints and Pews. So we have something to do in our retirement. If you ever retire, Robert. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. But Dennis, buddy, as always, the time seems to have flown by. And my second hourglass is just about empty. Wow. Always a pleasure, Robert, both the pint and the conversation. Yeah, especially the pints today. I've thoroughly enjoyed my left blonde. And from the sounds of it, you enjoyed that... Uh, Lindsay Brewing Company Stout as well. That was excellent. Yes, but it's always a pleasure to talk about our Catholic faith as we head into season four in 2024. Season 3.2. But anyways, very true, very true. Just before we wrap up here, Dennis, perhaps there's just one small favor we could ask of our listeners. If you could take a quick moment and a couple of clicks to follow the Pints and Pews podcast on your favorite platform and give us a review. While you're at it, Give us a like on Facebook, follow us on Instagram or the platform formerly known as X. Or also you could drop us a line at pintsandpews at gmail.com. Like we just said, we always enjoy hearing from our listeners. And don't forget to stop by catholicmoment.ca to peruse our baseball caps as well as our t-shirts, which are still on for 20% off until the Epiphany and one of Robert's great books. And finally, Dennis, why don't you remind our listeners of the wise words of G.K. Chesterton, which show up on those t-shirts. In Catholicism, the pint, the pipe, and the cross can all fit together. God bless, my friend. Take care.